Welcome to the podcast from Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Logan campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation and our world. And so this morning, uh, we have the privilege of hearing from our very own kids and youth pastor here, but I just wanted to read something that she gave me during the week. We were sitting in the office and we were talking about what's happening in kids. And last Sunday, they had to write a little prayer on a little piece of paper. And I just want to read something that one of our kids wrote. D Jesus, spelt with G. So that's, that's okay. <laughs> Please forgive my sins. Amen. I don't know what that does to your heart. But I thank God that we're in a church like ours with a leader and a kids and youth pastor like Cherith. I love the fact that she is incredibly gifted, not just in the areas of kids and youth ministry, but, but she's an incredibly gifted communicator. Uh, and I'm really, really, I'm really looking forward to what God's going to say to me in the midst of sitting under her uh, and what she's going to say this morning. So Cherith, would you come and bless us with what God is about to speak through this morning? Sure. Thank Well, it is very special and it is very different talking to adults, but it is my prayer this morning that you don't hear my words, you hear God's words. So let me pray as we get into this. Lord, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for this opportunity to speak your words. And I pray that it is your words and your heart that we hear this morning. I pray, Lord, that uh, we would, uh, through the stories that are shared this morning, that we would just so clearly see the way that you bring peace, that you bring healing, that you bring salvation into the lives of all of your precious children. So Lord, I thank you that uh, for giving me a gift to speak and a message this morning. I pray that your word would be shared and heard. Amen. All right. Well, we are week two in our story series. So to start off with, I thought I'd start with a story. It goes like this. Once upon a time, there was a young girl who lived in a comfortable home with her mother, father, and numerous siblings. From the time she was born, this young girl bubbled with energy, seemingly unfazed by the lure of possessions and popularity and fashion. She was likened to a fizzy bottle of lemonade and bounced everywhere she went. On the outside, she was capable, confident, and carefree. But on the inside, this young girl wasn't always so carefree. You see, she carried a fear, a fear of failure. She knew how to hide it, though, beneath a determination to conquer every challenge, whether physical or mental. She knew her strengths, or she quickly learned her strengths, but more than that, she knew how to hide her weaknesses through well-timed stories, well-formulated sentences, and capability in other areas. Her observant nature enabled her to stay ahead of the eight ball, meaning that she was less likely to be caught unaware and unprepared, less likely to face that scary thing called failure. But you see, there were times when that failure became too close for comfort, bringing tears, anxiety, and a desire to hide the truth even more. Fear. It's a simple four-letter word, F-E-A-R. And yet this word encompasses something that can make us tremble, shut down, and perhaps hold on to irrational beliefs. When I was younger, my sister used to wake me up in the middle of the night when she needed to go to the bathroom. See, she had this fear that when she was seated on the toilet, someone would climb through the window behind her and she needed me there to keep guard. It was an irrational fear because the window is tiny, 
It's also on the second level of a house, so it's you know, the long way down to the ground, and I have tried climbing through that window. It's actually really, really hard. And also, trusting a five-year-old to keep watch and be on guard, I was brave, but I wasn't really likely to do much. That was an irrational fear. I think we all, in some part, have a fear. Is yours a fear of snakes, spiders, a fear of heights, a fear of going out in public in your pajamas? Or is it a fear of uh, a bug wiping out all the coffee beans in the world and then never being any more coffee ever again? That is not my fear, I don't drink coffee, so <laughs> sorry, I'm not afraid of that one. <laughs> I think there are fears that are external to us that are related to things that we can't actually control. And then there are the fears that we let grow in our minds, whether they're attributed to something that's real or something that we assume to be real, and we let it grow. Fear of worthlessness, of never being good enough, fear of having success and losing it, or not ever being able to gain success. There are all these things we are afraid of. I'm the girl in the story. I fear failure. I don't like appearing weak or incapable, because to me that shouts as failure. It means I haven't been able to succeed in what I thought I needed to succeed in. And so each day I analyze and measure and try and work my way through the day to make sure I will never be caught unaware and so that I know exactly what's going to happen and have planned for it so I can't fail. That doesn't work because I can't see the future. And so no matter how hard I try, sometimes there are times when I will get close to failure and the stress and anxiety I won't be able to internalize anymore. This is probably new because I think Dave didn't even know this. <laughs> but it's true, I actually do get stressed. And no matter how many times I've read or heard someone say failure is a part of life and growth, it's still something I try to avoid. But enough on me. Because this morning we are diving into Psalm 107. It's a psalm we've been looking at as we hear about stories of the redeemed of the Lord, people who faced overwhelming challenges and yet received peace and salvation and help and healing from God. Our topic this morning is on how overwhelming fear can be turned to peace. So if you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Psalm 107. If not, it will be on the screen, so you're welcome to read from there. Psalm 107, verse 23. says this, Some went out to sea in ships. They were merchants on the mighty waters. They saw the works of the Lord, his wonderful deeds in the deep. For he spoke and stirred up a tempest that lifted high the waves. They mounted up to the heavens and went down to the depths. In their peril, their courage melted away. They reeled and staggered like drunkards. They were at their wits' end. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he brought them out of their distress. He stilled the storm to a whisper. The waves of the sea were hushed. They were glad when it grew calm, and he guided them to their desired haven. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. Let them exalt him in the assembly of the people and praise him in the council of the elders. I love the ocean, absolutely love it. It is one of the few places I will sit still for long periods of time because there's something so captivating about the waves just rolling in one after another, crashing upon the sand. And then also the feel of it. I love sitting in a boat or on a paddleboard, feeling the rise and fall of the waves. But see, as much as I love the ocean, I've never been on a boat or in, a, in the midst of a storm with waves that are about to overwhelm me to the point of death. That's a scary thought. And for these men in the story, they knew exactly what they felt like, what that felt like. 
People, the Israelites, they lived around the Sea of Galilee. And the way this sea is formed with the mountains around it, it can be calm. And then without any warning, a storm can come in, sweeping waves around and bringing 20-foot waves that will actually toss a boat around, toss people overboard. And even if they could swim, the waves are way too big for them to really survive. And yet, these men couldn't escape it. They were merchants on the sea, or they were fishermen. Their lives were built on that sea. It was a risk, it was a danger they actually had to face to survive, and yet in facing it, they might not survive. Their fear was real. And there's a story in Matthew when Jesus' disciples were in such a storm. It goes like this. Jesus and his disciples, or Jesus, had finished teaching in Capernaum and he decided, you know, let's get into the boat. Let's go to a different town. So they got into a boat intent on sailing, or I don't know how they sailed, sailing across to the other side. And Jesus thought it would be a grand time to catch up on some well-deserved sleep. So he was soon peacefully snoring away in the stern of the ship. So peaceful that he didn't seem to realise when the gentle rocking motion became a lot less gentle. The disciples, you know, they were watching this storm come in and they were afraid because it wasn't just any storm. This was a storm that had waves crashing over the boat and they were feared, uh, sorry, they were afraid for their very lives. So afraid that they went and woke up Jesus, still peacefully sleeping, and said one thing, Lord, save us, we are going to drown. The story does have a happy ending, but I'm gonna leave it there for a little bit. In this moment, so when they're sitting in the boat, standing in the boat, staggering around in the boat, all they can focus on is the storm. All they can see or think about is that one thought, we're going to drown. See, overwhelming fear, it paralyzes us. It stops us from seeing the bigger picture and just channels our vision onto one thing. I love the way we're created. And our bodies have this mechanism, it's called the fight or flight response, such that when we're faced with a danger, our sympathetic nervous system kicks into hyperdrive, our heart rate increases, our blood is channeled to the vital organs that we will need to, to respond to that danger, and our eyes are focused in, ready, to either take flight or to face the danger head on. But in the face of fear, I think there's one more thing we do first, and that's freeze. It's like in the movies when the car's barreling towards the main character and everything slows down and you see them pause in that split second of going, am I gonna run or am I gonna try and fight the car? And I think if you're gonna fight the car, you're gonna have to be Captain America or someone who can actually win against the car. But it's also that moment when you know the snake is poised to attack and you're like, I don't know if I should run or if I should freeze, I'd, what do I do? Or that time when you see a child right on the edge of something about to jump and you go, then there's no one there to catch them, but I'm too far away, what do I do? I, we freeze. The disciples were frozen in fear. They forgot that Jesus, the person in the boat with them, had done so many miracles, and they didn't realise that Jesus was still peacefully asleep because he trusted someone bigger than the storm. The passage goes on in Matthew to say this. Jesus woke up, and he replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? If you take that verse out of context, it's actually really funny because all this time Jesus seems to be able to, seems to know so much that everyone else doesn't know and in this moment he asks why they're afraid when there's a storm that's kind of rocking the boat. Anyway, he still asks the question and he got up, rebuked the winds and the waves and it was completely calm. You see, when the disciples were overwhelmed with fear, 
and paralyzed by it. Jesus wasn't. He saw the danger, but he wasn't paralyzed. He wasn't crippled by it because he knew the one who was in control. When overwhelming fear paralyzes us, I believe Jesus centers us. He refocuses us on the truth, which is that God is in control. When I was younger, I loved playing spin tiggy. It's like tag, but next level up. Because every person playing it has to remain spinning the whole time. And you're either trying to tag someone or you're trying to run away from the person tagging you. And eventually everyone ends up lying on the ground because you get so dizzy that you end up lying there, your world's spinning out of control and it takes you a while to really regain that equilibrium. However, a ballerina, I'm not gonna do it, can pirouette time and time again and then stop and be in complete control. And they do this by a technique called spotting. It's where they pick one point and as their body turns, their head stays focused on that one point until the last minute and then they come around and find it again. So every time you flick around and it keeps them focused and centered in so that they can stay in control and not have their world spin out of control, which is what Jesus was doing for the disciples. He was telling them who was the center, who needed to be in control. And so as he did it, it was just that reminder that the God who they'd been hearing so much about, the God of their ancestors who had been so faithful in the past would be faithful in that moment. And he was faithful in that moment. God was in control then, he's in control for us today and he will always be in control. Because God is bigger than our fears. He's bigger than storms, than cyclones, than bushfires that we're seeing out there. God is bigger than uh, out of control drivers, than plane turbulence. He's bigger than the external things and the fears we create in our minds, that fear of worthlessness, the fear that we might lose a job, lose a loved one, or lose our own life. You know, this morning, I actually know, I should actually look at these notes. Um, what I love about the Bible is that it's full of stories and verses that tell us not to be afraid. But God doesn't judge us for our fear. In every moment, He gently encourages us. And there are verses that speak so often of encouragement, of God's love, of His presence in our lives. Verses like Isaiah 41.10 that says, so do not fear for I am with you. Do not be afraid for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Or Hebrews 13 verse five, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. And finally, Joshua 1 verse nine, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified, do not be afraid for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. The Bible is full of all these encouragements and for me, I've found them so helpful because in moments when I let my mind cycle down and almost get into that fear of failure and anxiety and going, oh, I'm getting closer and closer and then the verse pops into my head and go, oh, that's right. God's actually in the midst of this too. And there are moments when, when I've felt that peace and I can't explain it other than the fact that it's God's peace that He does give and it's incredible. And I could tell you story after story, but this morning I wanna invite Linny up because Lenny has a story and a song of a time when she faced fear and panic and yet through that stepped in under God. So which side are you picking? So welcome Lenny. It should be on. Almost. All good. Just keep talking. So Lenny, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. can yes. you share with us what your life was like uh, up to the point when you wrote the song that you're going to sing for us this morning. Okay. 
Well, starting from as far back as I can remember, I was nervous, very serious, curious, deep, and with a vivid, sometimes cruel imagination. I developed a very low self-esteem, an overwhelming sense of failure, so much fear, and sometimes crippling terror. Okay, fast-forwarding now to married life. In 1995, my husband and I gave birth to a perfect 7 pound 13 gorgeous baby girl, mm. Rachel Elizabeth. I was so happy and finally felt that I had achieved something so wonderful. Then the biggest storm of my life hit me and hit all who loved us. After eight weeks of the most heaven on earth moments, our precious Rachel baby became very ill and was carried away from her first and last storm forever to be in the arms of Jesus. I thought I might die from that. With shattered dreams and a broken heart, I remember standing at my heavenly baby's graveside and the song Jesus Loves Me just poured out of my mouth. And I can remember just wanting to worship the Lord through the singing, through the grief and through the pain. One of the songs that the Gateway music team chose for Rachel's going to heaven celebration was Under the Shadow of Your Wings. It's so hard for me to share that precious part of my heart in such a brief moment. Choosing to live on and walk life's journey through what seemed to be endless tears, I spent a lot of time in personal prayer, reading scriptures, receiving much prayer ministry, counselling and taking natural herbs and vitamins and using nutrition to help with depression and mild panic attacks and all the time singing through my journey. In 1997 and 2001, bringing two more children into this world was very scary, but they have been a wonderful blessing. Then, after 20 years of mild panic attacks and many a night terror, a storm, or more like a cyclone, hit. The perfect storm. One morning in late 2011, I felt a panic attack coming, a rush of fear, coldness in my torso, pulse racing, nausea and weakness. I put my head down thinking, it'll pass, we've been here before. Then I started fitting and I blacked out. I remember it sounding like a storm raging around me. And I came to lying on my bed with paramedics in attendance. I was shocked and scared of the unknown. That was the beginning of several of those incidences, including ambulance trips to the hospital. I was not allowed to drive for three months. 
The Lord led me to a straight shooting, compassionate doctor who put me through a barrage of tests and diagnosed me with severe panic disorder. I strangely remember feeling that I couldn't see any future ahead. I remember saying to my hubby to keep loving God and to keep leading the kids to him. I was at the start of a long journey of learning to trust in God, of receiving his revelation, healing and restoration. Wow, thank you for sharing that. (laughs) That's very tough. And I know in that moment you did write a song out of it. Can you share about the song or your heart behind it? Why a song? I'd love to. Thank you. For as long as I can remember, I've loved music and singing. And for a very long time, it's how I've best communicated my feelings, thankfulness and pain, loneliness and joy. As a lover and follower of Jesus who wants to communicate his love to people, I've been given many opportunities to sing for him. I've been very aware of the challenge and choice to believe what I sing, Mm -hmm. to be very aware of who God is and who he says he is, and to trust that to be a reality in my life, not just words sung from my mouth, but from my heart as well. I want to be authentic. And I think you will be. This song has come out of that perfect storm. I was ashamed of being so weak and so powerless, so anxious and fearful and needing help. So much shame. I'd had much prayer ministry, counsel and support, yet the shame and the weight of feeling powerless was so heavy. I couldn't carry it. I was so weak and so needy. As I wrote in my diary at that time, I feel so ashamed, so fearful, fretful, filled with anxiety and so low. I'm a lover and a follower of Jesus and I have this diagnosis, severe panic disorder. I'm on medication that I never ever wanted to be on. I'm so sick, powerless, useless, a failure. I was in deep emotional strife if I stayed in that space, in that place of I have to have it all together and keep it all together. That wasn't a healthy mindset for me. On my bed I said, Father, I can't do it anymore. I'm sick, I'm weak, I need help. And I hope that's okay. I can't carry the shame, how I look, how I come across, all my pride, my perceptions, my already rocked and fragile self-esteem. All my fear and dread and all this anxiety, I release it all to you. Please forgive me and help me. I came to the reality of what victory really was in the storm. Turning to my heavenly father and turning away from and laying down my stupid pride. Getting under the shadow of his wings during the storm and pouring out on him all my fears and anxieties and shame and worries and powerlessness. And in that space, I brought it all to the cross of my Jesus. And there my heart song cried out to him. And we are about to hear that song, but just as the end of the story, what is life like now? So I know it's not always easy, that the fear isn't always gone, but what's it like when you come under the shadow of his wings? 
Well, it's like right now I'm shaking, but I'm under the shadow of his wings. <laughs> Special mention to God, my hubby and my mum, who I cannot thank enough for helping me through the big storm. It was a long day-by-day journey. Little by little, God gave me confidence, energy, hope for the future and joy. And the medication um, that I was so against for so long helped. I actually felt like I was resurrected, new again, thankful when I could sing publicly again. It was day-by-day trust. It certainly wasn't instantaneous. I became aware of and was strengthened by the love and acceptance around me from those so close to my heart. Four years ago, my beautiful niece, Emma, and one year after that, my sweet baby great-nephew, Nathan, were taken up into the arms of Jesus forever. Again, it's impossible to express such preciousness in pain in such a brief moment. In that time, I literally felt my body was rocking as if I was on a boat in a stormy sea. I tucked myself under God's wings, spoke and sang out his word, reached out for help from those dear to me, booked in for counselling, checked in with my doctor regarding medication dosage. I was so thankful that with God I knew I wasn't alone. We were going to get through this together. Our creator God wants us to run to him and get under the shadow of his wings, just as we are at any time. I learned that I could be desperate for help from him and from others and those close to my heart would never reject me. He would never reject me. Please don't be afraid to ask for help and please come and get prayer as much as you need. It's not weak, it's wise. Our God loves our vulnerabilities. This song has had a journey as well. And thanks go to Mark Dean for his musical brilliance. I have many favourite scriptures, but this is the most applicable today before I sing. Psalm 63, 6-7. And it was brought to my attention this week by someone very special to me. On my bed I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. Because you are my help, I sing in the shadow of your wings. Nice. That is beautiful. Would you be able to sing for us today, Lenny? Yes, you can. Let me move this out of the way. To you, Jesus.
jump up. Let me just thank you, God, for you. Lord, I thank you so much for Linny. I thank you for her courage in sharing her story this morning. Lord, I thank you for the words that she spoke about, the life challenges that she faced. But Lord, I thank you that you were so faithful through it. And I thank you that you remain faithful. I thank you that under the shadow, she has found peace with you, found strength, found an ability to keep stepping forward no matter what challenges come our way. So Lord, I thank you for this beautiful lady, this beautiful child of yours, and for our story this morning. Amen. I started this morning talking about the four-letter word fear. This word Jesus, it has five letters. And yet, this isn't just a word. You see, this is the name of someone who has the power to release us from all fears and bring us to a place of hope, of peace. And he's the one who can gift us eternal life. Jesus was a man and he faced fears. He lived in the world, he had people who hated him. He had people who wanted to kill him and in the end actually did. The night before he was crucified, Jesus was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. And as the Gospel of Luke recounts it, it says that Jesus was overwhelmed with anguish to the point that his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. Jesus was a man, but he's also God. He knew what was coming, whether it was the pain of separation, whether it was the the suffering he would face, and he was in anguish. He could have been even afraid. And at that moment, he prayed, God, if there's 
any other way would you take this cup from me, but not your will. Sorry, not his will, but God's be done. You see, Jesus, knowing the pain, knowing the anguish he was in and how hard it would be, he still wanted God's plan because he loved us. Now, Jesus did die a gruesome death on a cross. And yet, he did it because he loved us, because he loved me, because he loved you. Because he knew that his death on the cross was the only way that would give us a place with God forever in eternity. He knew that his death would pay the punishment for the wrong things I've done, for the wrong things you've done, for the wrong things everyone in the world, past, present or future, would ever do. And so he went ahead with it. And in that moment, eternity was changed. You see, Jesus didn't stay dead. He came back alive to show that death isn't the end. It's not something we have to be afraid of. And death, death wasn't the end for him and it's not the end for us either. You see, when we choose to believe in Jesus, choose to believe that his death on the cross paid the penalty for us and gives us that forgiveness, it means that we can accept the gift of eternal life with God forever. And I, for one, think that is incredible. I love living it. That's what gives me the peace and the joy for each day. It means it's okay to be afraid and it's, it's okay to carry around some fears, but God doesn't want us to stay crippled by them. He wants us to hold on to, to Jesus and know that, that He's gently lifting our heads, lifting our eyes and going, you're not alone in this battle. I'm walking with you. We're gonna get through and you can trust me to hold on to those things you're afraid of. You know, this morning, I'm gonna get the worship team to come up. This morning, I'd like to give you an, an opportunity to do two, one of two things, or both. As I said, I, I trust in Jesus, and I think it's the best decision I ever made. And if you haven't made that decision yet, decision yet if you haven't chosen to believe in Jesus' death and the price that it paid and accept the forgiveness, I'd love to give you the chance to do that today. It's okay to be afraid. It's okay not to know all the answers because I know that God will see you and meet you where you are. And he goes, yeah, I want you. I'm not gonna force you, but I want you on my team and trusting, uh, following me. So that if that is you, I'm gonna get everyone to bow their heads, close their eyes. And I'd love you to just raise your hand to let me know that you wanna make that decision today to follow Jesus. And then we'll pray together for that. Anyone here? I'm not good at looking. That's all good. No matter where you are on the journey, you can always call out to Jesus. You can open your eyes, raise your heads. You know, there's a second thing this morning. I think we all carry some element of fear in our lives. But as I said, Jesus doesn't want us to live crippled by it. And so this morning I have a box, I've got fabric here and I wanna do a physical thing. If you are holding on to fear and you go, you know what, I don't wanna carry this anymore. I've let it become too comfortable, too normal. I put it on like I put on you know, clothes every day and I carry it with me because I'm too afraid of letting go of the fear, thinking about what might be coming if I let it go, fear on fear. And yet, if we release it to Jesus, He can give us peace in that moment so that we can keep living the fulfilling life that God has called us to, can keep stepping forward, possibly out of our comfort zones, but into something that's even better. 
because Jesus came to give us a greater life than what we can ever receive on our own. So this morning, if you are holding on to a fear and you would like to release it, is just a little practical way to think about doing that. You can come forward, I've got pens on the table, write your fear on the fabric, scrunch it up, hold on to it, but then release it into the box. It's not Jesus, but resembling Jesus, letting, taking hold of that fear and then receive the peace. And as the worship team plays, you can all stand up. Sorry, you can all stand up now. Um, but as the worship team plays and you do that, the prayer team will be down the front as well. And they, they would love to pray with you and journey with you as you release fear and step into the peace that God gives. We hope you've been blessed by this message from Gateway Baptist Church. We are a growing family and everybody who walks through our doors is welcome. If you'd like to connect with us, please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au to find out more.